0: Hey, my name is uh, David. I'm the pastor here. And again, we are glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us, we're particularly glad that you didn't just walk straight out the back door. We we did have somebody do that at nine. She said, she said, next week, are y'all going to do regular? And we said, yeah. And she said, I'll see you next week. So thank y'all. She's honest. So thank y'all for uh, being here. It's not a gimmick for us. Um, this whole thing it's not a gimmick it's hopefully it's a picture of what it is to be family one of the strongholds in our city that really seems to um uh, oppress people tear people up particularly i think during seasons like this uh, is that there, there's a superficiality to relationships in our city, and it seems to be difficult for people to feel like they're really connecting in and developing deep community. And so hopefully this is just a, a small expression of that for you and an opportunity for you uh, to look at somebody instead of staring at the back of their head, which you get to do 51 weeks out of the year. So this is one time that we don't do that. And, again, hopefully it there's – some connection there for you. Maybe God sovereignly puts you at a table and you're able to connect uh, with somebody else around that table. But for us, again, the, the, the picture and the vow, this is an unusual Sunday. Normally the Sunday after Thanksgiving is the beginning of Advent. But just because of the way the calendar falls, Advent doesn't start until next Sunday. And so this is a, a bit of an odd one. Uh, there's a, a word in Psalms. It's, it appears 71 times in Psalms. Uh, called Selah is the word, S-E-L-A-H. It only appears three other times in in all of the Bible. And scholars don't really know what it means. Some people say it means to praise or to lift up, and some people see it as a musical direction to pause. And both of those things kind of fit. Psalms were used corporately for worship by the Israelites, and so it could be musical direction. Musicians hear pause, and people hear pause. Lift up and praise the Lord, and our hope is that this service is that for you. It's a bit of a Selah in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's a bit of time for hopefully you to catch your breath, kind of idea of pause, and to intentionally praise and lift up the Lord, maybe in a way that you would not normally, uh, at least here on a regular Sunday. So that's our hope. Uh, As with every week, our highest desire. Is for you to engage with the Lord. That's what we want you leaving, having known that God is here and that God desires to meet with you and having uh, experienced his presence more than food, more than anything else. That's what we want you uh, to leave with. So uh, let me set up the morning for you. Uh, before I do that, Kim, wait. Kim set all of this up. Kim Kramer did. <laughs> If you appreciate what we're doing, let her know. If you don't, don't let her know. You can tell me. So uh, she worked hard. She worked really hard. She had a group working with her, and we thank y'all, those of you that have helped set this up. We really do uh, appreciate that. So a couple of things, just in terms of your the the posture that I would hope you would take today, kind of leaning back to Thanksgiving and stretching forward into Christmas, uh, into Christmas from Thanksgiving. Gratitude. That's not surprising. Uh, it's a line to a song. The sentiments in the Bible, although the quote is, And a thankful heart prepares the way for the Lord. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, We enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so we want to do that this morning. Uh, several times in the Bible we read that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And to me, one of the expressions of humility when you think of humility as dependence is gratitude. When you're thanking some, someone for something, then almost automatically you're taking this posture of humility before them. You're acknowledging something that they have done for you, recognizing your need for them. And so we want to do that this morning in worship, recognize our need for God and Thanksgiving being an expression of that. Also think about Christmas and my hope is for hope. For you. And that that would be a posture that you would take, kind of mixing Thanksgiving and hope. Thanksgiving, we we really look back and hope kind of pulls us forward. And I hope Christmas stirs that within you. God made a promise and He made it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before He fulfilled it. But the Bible says at just the right time, in the fullness of time, God sent His Son. And I hope for you that that stirs in your heart. For those of you who maybe are waiting, on some things. Maybe for some of you who have grown restless or discouraged, my prayer would be this morning would be a time where hope is stirred within you. And maybe even in faith, you would choose to worship the Lord, uh, hopefully, uh, because of what he's done for you. So that posture of thanksgiving, Beau's going to come forward. They're going to lead us into worship. And here's just kind of what we're going to do. We're going to worship. I'm going to ask you to stand. So figure, figure that out. You're, you're in the worst seat in the hole, so I'm really sorry. Bo doesn't spit a lot, but you y'all are, you may want to slide a little bit to the side. And so and he's going to lead us through a set, three songs, and then I'm going to come back up, and we're going to have an opportunity for really brief testimonies that I'll set up. You don't need to be nervous about that. You're not going to be forced to share. And then we're going to take communion around the table. Again, nothing to be nervous about. I'll walk you through that. And you don't need to participate if you're not comfortable. And then we'll close with worship as well. So worship, uh, time for testimonies and communion. I'll share a little bit to set that up uh, from Psalm 107. And then we'll close with worship as well. Is that good? Okay. Two pictures I want you thinking about as you move into worship. You can choose how you want to focus on the Lord, but these things may serve as handles for you. Thinking about God's character. We're thankful for who God is, and we're also thankful for what he's done. This first set of worship, we really want to focus on God's character or nature, who he is. And, and maybe for you, a, a, a handhold, something to grab onto would be God as rock or God as father. Maybe, maybe pick one of those that resonates most with you. When I think of rock... I think of God's faithfulness, his consistency, his trustworthiness, his strength. And when I think of God as Father, I think of his relational attributes. Love, compassion, mercy. Uh, maybe one of those things kind of hits your heart this morning. And that would help you in worship in terms of being thankful for who God is. And then we'll stand and Bo will lead us into worship. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. God, for people who knew what we were doing and didn't, people who stumbled in, and people who maybe have had to force themselves to stay. God, I believe that you have something for everyone in this place, in this time. You have something for our students as they're up the street, something for our children. We want to open our hearts to you this morning, and maybe in your own Mind and heart you can just say that God I want to open myself up to you This morning We want to begin this day with Worship Thanking you God for who you are You could have been other than And we're so thankful that you're not We're thankful that you're not cruel And arbitrary We're thankful that you're not aloof Or distant We thank you that you're a God who Draws near And yet rules and reigns over all things That you're a God who Knows the number of hairs on our head And who created everything With a word We thank you that you're all powerful And that you're also all good We're thankful that we can trust you Even when we don't understand you And we're thankful that you're a God who says Get to know me So, God, as we turn our hearts to you this morning, I pray that you would stir worship within us, a heart of gratitude for who you are, a hearts that are hopeful for what you want to do. I want to worship you as a rock, as one who's faithful and trustworthy, one upon whom we can build our lives without fear and worry. I want to worship you as Father, one who desires reconciliation and relationship with us. In your own heart maybe just grab onto one of those images. Begin to think of the, maybe the, the words or the experiences from the last year that confirm this is that reality to you and begin to thank God for those experiences and for those truths. Pray that you would stir us to worship this morning in spirit and in truth, that you would be glorified by all that we do, and that every man and woman, every student, every boy and girl in these buildings today would have the opportunity to connect with you, to hear from you, and to give you what you deserve. In Jesus' name. In the first three verses say this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and west, from the north and the south. The psalm was used in congregational worship, but it seems to be written after God had delivered his people from captivity. They had been in Babylon for 70 years. They were in exile because of disobedience to the Lord, and he has called them back from exile, which was an unheard of event in history. That didn't happen. And it happened for Israel. God worked on their behalf. And then this this psalm was written. And they were saying, let those of you who've been redeemed, let everybody else know. And so what we want to do is take a minute uh, and share just very brief testimony. So this is, this is all we can do. My name is Chris, and I'm thankful that God did blank in 2017. That's it. That's all it can be. I'm, I'm sure there's a great story. We just don't have time. Well, it, there is. We just don't have time for all of that. So this is what I want you to do if you're willing, if you close your eyes and I want you to stretch back. Some of you can remember all the way back to January. Some of you, you can remember Thursday. So just as far as you can go, go. I'm going to give you a minute just of silence. And I want you to think about what has God done? What do I have to be thankful for? You can think about the daily bread, those things that we often overlook. And you can think about the monumental, life-changing things you're never going to forget. So take a minute and silently, in your heart, thank Him for the kindness that He's shown you this year. Okay. Now I'd love uh, for several of you, just those really short, my name is Blank and I'm thankful that the Lord did blank in my life. I'd love for some of y'all to share. Just why do we share publicly? One, it's an opportunity for you to publicly thank the Lord for what he did in your life. It's also an opportunity for us as the body uh, to thank him on your behalf. And also it it builds faith. Like I may be sitting here waiting on God to heal me. And when I hear someone else say, God healed me, that can encourage me and spur me on to continue to believe and to hope. So I'm going to read you... um, couple of four sections from Psalm 107. It'll be on the screen. And I want you to put yourself, there's four categories, and I want you to put yourself in one of the categories. So if it's easier for you to read, if that helps you focus, or if you want to close your eyes and listen, either way, uh, whatever helps you the most. Again, four categories of the redeemed. Remember, this psalm was written, and they're saying, let those who God has redeemed, let everybody know. And then the psalmist says, and here are four groups of people who were redeemed, or four situations where God worked. Redemption on behalf of his people. And I want you to put yourself again in one of these four. So, first, starting in verse four. Some wandered in desert wastelands. So, these are the wanderers, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let those wanderers give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. That may be you. Maybe you're a wanderer. Maybe if you're a, if you're a Christian, maybe you're thinking back to when God initially saved you. And you're like, that was me. The idea for me from this section, it, it's, it's when Jesus talks about lost sheep. Not necessarily rebellious, but searching purpose, meaning, forgiveness, relationships. And not necessarily looking, knowing where to look. And Jesus rescues us from that. The second group in verse 10, some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. So these are the enslaved because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the most high. So God subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. God brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let those who are enslaved to give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Because he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. This can have a hard kind of edge to it a little bit. When I actually think of people who are enslaved, I think of the woman in John 8 who was caught in adultery. Her own choices and her own desires led her to this place where she's ensnared. ...by her sin and that's what sin does to us and God delivers us even from ourselves, even from the choices that we make. Is that you this morning? Do you feel like you're in chained? Do you feel like you're in prison in some way or are you thinking back and saying that was me and God delivered me from that? Third group, some became fools through their rebellious ways. This is a hard one to own. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities they loathed all food and drew near the gates of death, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their time of distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let those, who were, let those fools give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. In the Bible, when you see the word fool, rarely does it have anything to do with intelligence. It normally is a moral word. It has to do with people who reject God, people who don't fear God. I think of the prodigal son. I want what I want, and I want it now, and I don't care what it takes to get it. That, that's a foolish attitude biblically. Is that where you would say you are now? Or looking back, would you say, that's where I was? I was, I was rebellious. I was arrogant. I was proud. Or I am those things God offers redemption to you. Last group. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The ways of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Oftentimes the Old Testament water kind of has this pic- it's a metaphor for chaos or evil. These guys they are they're just trying to make a living. And they're having to make a living on the sea, and the sea kind of turns against them in some ways. They're distressed, they're tossed, and they're turned, and God delivers them. I think about that, the third type of soil that Jesus talks about in the parable of the soils. This seed is planted in our hearts, the seed of the kingdom, and it begins to grow. But the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things and the worries of this life choke that out. It's, and that may be how you feel, distressed or tossed and turned, and it's just because you live in an affluent Society and the the things of life tend to choke out the work of God in your heart. He offers redemption for you as well. And each of those stanzas, the turning point you probably noticed was they turned to the Lord and cried. That was the turning point for everyone. They didn't do anything to change their situation. They didn't try to make themselves better. They didn't clean themselves up. They just recognized their need for God and asked him to help them, and he did. In every case, he stepped in and delivered them. We're going to take communion now, and I want you think, taking communion, I want you looking forward and back, looking backward, thankful for this great redemption, if you're a believer, that God act that we're thankful for is Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Everything else flows out of that act. Also, looking forward, hope. Uh, the, the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus can really spur hope in us as we think, yes, God has defeated sin and Satan and death. Yes, God has reversed the effects of the fall. And we still live in this cursed world. But God is working. And we won't experience the fullness of the new age in this age. But we can taste it now. And so that gives me hope. And I also recognize that the places that don't get fixed. This life is not all that there is for me. And that stirs hope in me. So again, taking communion, look back. Thankful for what Jesus has done for you. And also maybe trying to stretch forward. It's November 26th. Think about the next month between now and Christmas. Would you say you're living hopefully this morning? Is that a reality for you? Hope in the biblically is defined as a confident expectation of a better future. Would you say yes? That's where I'm standing now. If not, maybe communion for you as you break off bread and dip it in juice can be a tangible encouragement to Hope, so just logistically um, you have their table leaders at each table and they 'll start and you can serve the person on your right so what you 'll do is break off a piece of bread and dip it in the juice and then eat it The order is important we had some people at nine get the order don't don't do that <laughs> don't so if you need gluten-free communion. If you want to raise your hand, Kim will bring it to you. Please raise your hand so she, and she'll bring it to you. Just keep your hand up till she gets there. If you're not comfortable taking communion, then certainly I don't want you to feel pressure to do that. You are totally welcome to participate or not. If, you're, if, if, you're, if you don't want to participate, when the bread and juice comes to you, you can just pass it to the person next to you and they can, uh, the person on their left can serve them. So I don't want you to feel pressure, but everyone is welcome. Uh, when you, If you're serving, you can say this. If you can remember, this is the body of Christ broken for you. When they take the bread and they dip it in the juice, you can say, this is the blood of Jesus poured out for you. Don't worry if you uh, can't remember that or you get the words wrong. But that's what we're doing. We're remembering Jesus' death and resurrection, the bread uh, symbolizing his body and the juice, his blood. Uh, when we're done with communion, Bo and the team will be up here, and they'll just be picking around. And then he'll lead us into worship. They'll have you stand, and we'll close with a a set of worship. And then we'll dismiss, and Bo will dismiss us. I won't come back up. Um, I forgot this at nine and at eleven. Um, we we didn't do an offering. If you uh, have an offering that you want to give, you can throw it in those baskets on the way out the door. And we'll there'll be some people back there to make sure it's safe and secure. But you can do that. Uh, if you came prepared to give today. So, um, everybody good? Everybody get gluten-free who needed it? Perfect. If y'all would close your eyes, I'm going to pray, and then y'all could take communion. So, two things. First, which one of those four were you? Or which one of those four are you? you can look at that in kind of this global sense of if you're not if you've never made a decision for Jesus you can look at it and say well i have made a decision for Jesus and yet today i feel like i'm wandering a little bit there's a sense in which salvation is once and for all and there's another sense in which it's daily for us because it's relationship Eternal life is knowing Jesus and the one who sent him. There's a daily element. Would you say you're a wanderer? Are you enslaved? Are you distressed? Are you proud? Were you those things? So as you take communion... Could you say before the Lord in your own heart, God, I thank you for redeeming me from. If you've never made a decision for Jesus and you are sensing a stirring in your own heart that kind of feels like butterflies in your stomach. That may be the Lord calling you to himself if you would respond this morning. Remember in those Psalms, the turning point. Was I cried to the Lord for help. You don't have to do anything else. In your own seat. In your own heart. You can say God have mercy on me. And he will. God deliver me. And he will. Gee, God we're, we're, we're so thankful. That you're Emmanuel. God with us. That you bore sin and the judgment that are rightfully ours. We thank you that along with Christmas, there's Easter and for what that means for us. So would you remind us those who've taken communion a hundred times in their life, would this be a time where you renew our sense of gratitude for this great sacrifice that you made in order to make relationship with possible? God, if there are any in the room who've Never been reconciled to you Would today be the day That they would say God deliver me They know That reality In their own hearts and lives I want you to look forward so this is a shift Think about hope Confident expectation Of a better future We've talked about this For the past couple of weeks Communion can be a touchstone For you Particularly if you feel like hope is waning in your heart, if that's the case. If you just slip your hand up, everybody's praying. But I just want to see if if you feel like hope is waning, you're losing hope in some area of your life. If you just slip your hand up, it says an expression of need for the Lord. Perfect. Anyone else? Perfect. God, I pray for these who raise their hands. That as they break off bread and... Dip it in juice An action that can be cliched And trite I pray it would be powerful for them God that as they physically Chew and swallow That you would Spiritually be building them up Strengthening them in the areas Where they're losing hope That they would sense hope Rising up in their heart As they take communion As they think about the fact That you kept your promise To send a savior How much more will you keep your promise to them? God, I pray that as we step into worship, we would do so in faith, thanking you for the work that you have done and believing you for the work that you have yet to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can serve communion.